This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Hello everyone, how are you all doing today? Welcome to Tile Radio and this is me RJ Sankhya. So this is a very special show where we delve into the transformative work of remarkable organizations making a difference in the world. So quick question to the audience. Have you ever considered how you want to spend your final moments? Surprisingly, 80% of Americans express a preference to be cared for and pass away at home with love of their family. Yet only 38% receive hospice care. So today we delve into an organization working to bridge this gap. So today we shine a spotlight on the California Hospice and Palliative Care Association and in short it's called as Chapka. So with a mission to enhance the value and quality of end of life care through education and advocacy, Chapka is a beacon of support for patients and families facing serious life limiting illnesses. And I'm sure that you are interested in knowing more about this organization by now. But before we delve into it, I'd like to introduce you to the president and CEO of Shapka. So ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is a truly exceptional individual whose passion for positive change has left an indelible mark on the realm of social impact. So it is Sheila Clark, the brilliant mind and driving force behind Chapka, serves as the president and CEO of this wonderful organization. Sheila's leadership at Chapka has been nothing short of inspirational, marked by profound dedication to the growth of this organization. And under Sheila's guidance, Chapka has achieved remarkable milestones tackling societal challenges with resilience and ingenuity. So without a further ado, let's welcome her onto the show. Hello, Sheila. How are you doing? I'm doing well today. Thank you for having us. Wonderful. So I'm going to start with the questions. So can you give our listeners a deeper understanding of Chapka's origin and how it evolved into this impactful organization that is today? Absolutely. Uh, so the California Hospice and Palliative Care Association, Chapka, as I'm going to refer to going forward, uh, is a nonprofit 5013C. As that, we have uh, a responsibility uh, to uh, further uh, consultation, knowledge, whatever we can do to help Californians uh, with serious illness and end of life, palliative care. It is so important that people are prepared, as you mentioned, you know, for that, that time in their life. Uh, so the association was founded in 1983, and it was two organizations, one in Northern and one in Southern Cal, came together and were based here in Sacramento. And we also provide uh, regulatory guidance for hospice providers in California. So we have a do what what I always like to say, we have a right and a left hand uh, that is doing the work. Uh, If we're educating our providers and holding them compliant, then they can give excellent care at the bedside for our uh, patients and families. Wonderful. So uh, what specific challenges does Chapka address and how does the organization tailor its approach to meet the diverse needs? So for patients and families, um, we do uh, a lot of work with uh, advanced directives. And on our website, we have a resource library. What we find is that 
people don't want to really talk about uh, end of life decision making. So one of our missions and goals is to get the information out there and provide it in a way where it's consumable. Right in um, an advanced directive, we use uh, what's called five wishes, which is a very easy to understand, and it's uh, almost like a it's a book that you would go through with your loved ones to make your wishes known. It is so important that we're talking about that before there's a crisis. Right, you're going through uh, treatment for whatever your serious illness is, and then it's you're being told that it's time where uh, the curative treatments are no longer appropriate, and that you should be thinking about how you want to stay, be comfortable, be able to stay in your home, and have that quality of life at the end. And that is so important for us because what we find is that most individuals don't want to plan for that, right? Who wants to plan for your end of life? But it is so important that we get that information in the hands of uh, Californians and that they're able to have it, be prepared. And I always say, tuck it away, you know, that advanced directive, bring it out, you know, review it with your friends and family so they know what you want at that time. It's so important. Wonderful. And I also think that must be really hard to be uh, advocating about such sentimental or, you know, um, such a very sensitive uh, stuff, right? How do you feel about that? It is. It is sensitive. Um, I started my career, uh, I'm going to date myself way back. And, you know, I was uh, at the bedside. I was a clinician and worked in hospitals and in physicians' offices. And then I found this great organization, a hospice organization, and I've been doing this since 1997, uh, working in the hospice industry, and then for CHAPCA the last four years. And it was so difficult, uh, and it literally broke my heart when, um, we, you know, as a hospice provider, we would be called in and for you know, it was chaos um, a lot of the times for families and you know mom or dad and the children and loved ones, and it was chaos uh, because they they weren't prepared uh, for that you know step uh, that next step so to speak in end of life care. And if we're talking about it and we're saying okay, what would we want for ourselves for our loved ones? then there's no confusion, right? Mom and dad have talked to their children, aunts, uncles, loved ones, whoever it is in your circle, right? And, and you're making your wishes known uh, that, you know, you don't, uh, maybe you don't want to have uh, a feeding tube if it's not going to, uh, you know, benefit uh, you in your, in your last days. Maybe you don't want uh, CPR. Right, you don't want to have your chest uh, compressions uh, if there there's it's it's futile. There there will be no uh, good end result. So those are all really hard things that that people don't want to talk about, but we need to talk about them because what I always refer to is the chaos that can come out of that if it, at the end of life when it's not talked about. Great. So, Sheila, as the president and CEO, uh, how has your personal journey shaped your leadership personally? 
for leadership, I would say I I'm a leader, but I'm an advocate for our patients, our families, and just getting into any organization that is willing to have us, like uh, Tal Radio, and just talk about it. And, you know, let's sit down, have a conversation. That's where I find my leadership and advocacy is, is so fulfilling for me as as a leader uh you know running uh, a hospice organization an actual hospice you know you have staff i was an advocate for them i was their leader but i find uh in this position as a leader in california for end of life care that it is so rewarding as as an individual as a leader as somebody that really wants to just be there and be present uh in just hold the hand of somebody who is going through this uh, confusion and what do I do? How can I help my mom? How can I help my dad? How can I help my husband? It, it is so profoundly rewarding for me as, as the president and CEO. Wonderful, Sheila. So uh, can you share a success story that helps someone to have a very peaceful last moment, like a story that you can really clearly think of? Absolutely. I have one um, gentleman uh, in the Central Valley that reached out to me, uh, reached out to Chapka, and I was uh, lucky enough to get to get that phone call. And he was just so confused about um, the treatment and and what his what his options were. He had a can- uh, a cancer, and he was asking the medical community for if uh, if I choose this curative treatment, what will my life look like? What will the, the side effects be? What will happen? Uh, you know, wanted that information about treatment and what it would look like. And then he also said, okay, if I don't choose treatment, what would my life look like? And he really couldn't get those answers he could not get those answers and he was very uh, uh, confused and you know just how, how do I do this how do I ask my uh, physician my medical uh, community that I'm seeing my primary care my oncologist and so what we did is we you know spent a lot of time and helped him formulate questions to ask uh, writing them down so he had them. So when he went to the physician, whether it be his PCP, his specialist, the radiologist, whomever, you know, writing those questions down, what, they were very impactful for him and his wife who accompanied him, right? And so we, you know, stuck with three, asked these three questions, and then he went to that uh, visit. And then he, you know, called me a few days after. He goes, oh, my gosh, it made such a difference, right? So writing those things down about getting the information and then making sure that he took down what the physician was saying. So as we moved on through his treatment, he did he did choose chemo and, and radiation. And as he moved through that, and this was very early on in my career, at, at uh, Chapka. And as we moved through it, uh, you know, a year and a half later, we did keep in touch. He called me and he just said, you know, Sheila, I, 
I just don't think I can do this anymore, but I'm worried for my wife, I'm worried for my son, I'm worried for my daughter. They're not going to uh, want me to stop, but I just, the side effects uh, and, you know, I'm 80 something years old, I'm done. I don't want to go through this anymore. How do I tell them? And so the same thing, we went through that. We, you know, wrote down all of his concerns about what was going on with him. And also, you know, just talk to your doctor. If I stop treatment, what will my life look like? What will happen if I continue treatment? Tell me what my life would look like. Tell me what I would experience. And as we went through that process with him and was able to provide that consultation, again, not telling our, our uh callers or are you know with with consultation what they should do what i always tell uh my staff and even when i was in hospice and i ran a hospice is we are giving people information to make informed decisions we're not going to make those decisions for them so as i went you know through this process with uh thomas it was uh very productive for him to have that outside help and that listening ear. And, you know, he did go through it. He did continue treatment for a while and he was able to, you know, talk with his family about what he was experiencing and what he wanted, but taking into consideration how they would feel as, you know, being the dad and somebody that they relied on and who they loved but he was able to help them see that it was time to to make that change and go from a curative uh, treatment to a palliative hospice treatment. And he did choose hospice. So that was the most impactful for me. Wonderful, Sheila. So uh, Sheila, can you highlight any particular challenging moment for Chapka? and how the organization or what came to achieve its goals. Absolutely. So uh, our our challenge right now, um, unfortunately, and I mentioned earlier that we, you know, we are a 5013C, so we are there for our uh, patients and families in California. But unfortunately, right now, um, the hospice industry is struggling with a lot of uh, fraud and abuse of the hospice benefit. Uh, Specifically, the California auditor uh, did publish a report on large-scale fraud and abuse uh, in our state. And we have been working with California lawmakers and federal lawmakers uh, that, you know, all the California departments to try and, you know, move away from that, put processes in place, laws in place that uh, would not impact those that are most vulnerable at, with a serious illness at this time, because unfortunately they can be taken advantage of. And that is something that we are working uh, diligently on with uh, you know our board members, our uh, provider community, and as I mentioned, the California lawmakers, California Department of Public Health, Healthcare Services, and at a federal level. Great. Uh, So I read that the organization offers a membership. So what are the benefits of joining a membership at Chapka? 
Absolutely. So as I mentioned, we are also the uh, not the association. Uh, They call them trade associations for California. And we have provider hospice providers that are members of our organization. And the benefit of that is is getting that state uh, and regulatory guidance. Hospice is a federal Medicare benefit and a Medi-Cal benefit. And we want to make sure that our providers who are members and our non-members, that they know exactly what they are responsible for. Uh, hospice is very heavily regulated, as you can imagine. It's a, it's a federal Medicare benefit. So there's a lot of uh, regulation that comes along with being a provider of hospice care and when you sign your contract with uh, Medicare. Uh, We work with other associations that uh, assisted living associations, nursing home associations uh, in concert to make sure that they understand the hospice benefit because it is being brought to their uh, patients that are in skilled nursing, that are in assisted living. So we are making sure that they understand exactly what it is that they're responsible for. And we do a lot of advocacy work on behalf of them. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, large scale fraud and abuse that was identified by the California audit report that was published um, a year ago. So we want to make sure that our providers understand that and we help they help us advocate to make the necessary changes uh, that we need to have here in California, but also at a federal level. So that's what that provider membership uh, will, how that benefits the hospice providers in California. Uh, Thank you for clearing that question. Uh, So can you share any upcoming projects or initiatives uh, that our listeners can look forward to and, um, you know, be informed of? Absolutely. So for our our uh, Californians, and when I say California, our, it is open to all everyone. In our resource library, we just updated um, our resources. So we have, uh, you know, the advanced directive. Uh, what we it's the five wishes that can be used here in California and it's that advanced directive and it goes through what you would want exactly what those what it's its title says is wishes this is how I wish to be cared for if I have a serious illness and you know what is hospice care what is palliative care we have a plethora of uh, resources for grief and you know how, how it normalizes the process and talks about it and is is we um have very uh, i call bite size uh resources uh a card that will say this you know what you're going through is normal and what your loved one is going through is normal because there's there's a lot out there that again nobody it's the grief process you are going to grieve when you lose a loved one and we have a, a just a plethora of resources that are available uh, on our website, on our uh, calhospice.org under our resource library. Great. Uh, so as we are close to concluding the show here, can you tell our listeners how they can contribute to the organization and also please highlight the significance of why active support is crucial for the organization? Absolutely. So for our uh, Californians, 
uh, access to quality information about serious illness, about hospice care, about palliative care, about planning is so, so very important. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you don't want to wait and have the chaos that uh, can surround having to make those decisions at, at a time when, oh, it's it's just, it's heartbreaking to me when the, a family is faced with making those tough choices when they've just been given um, a life-limiting uh, diagnosis. So that is what I would say is, uh, you know, we want to make sure you're planning for that. Uh, and we do as a 5013C, uh, all of that uh, is funded by donations. Our resource library uh, is all funded by donations. So we do have a donation uh, link on that resources library. And if uh you know, for folks to contribute, but it'll always be available at no cost to those who need it. And then uh, from a provider perspective, you know, joining CHAPCA as a member, there are member dues that are that are paid, but we will make sure that at a federal level and a state level, you know how to stay compliant in a very heavily regulated industry on, under hospice care. Thanks a lot, Sheila. So uh, with vast listeners of Tal Radio, I really wish people take the initiative to contribute to the foundation. And thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insights on California Hospice and Palliative Care Association. And I really appreciate your dedication. This is absolutely inspiring. And I, I really appreciate the good work that you're doing, Sheila. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, please reach out if you have questions, even if you're not sure of, of what it is your question is about end of life care and planning and serious illness. Uh, we can be reached at 916-925-3770 Monday through Friday. And there's a plethora of resources on our website at calhospice.org. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thanks again for being a part of our show. So that was Sheila Clark, President and CEO of Chapka. And I hope you find this interview insightful. And for more such information, stay tuned to Tal Radio, powered by Your Life Foundation. And let's meet with another interesting interview next time. And until then, this is me, RJ Sankhya, signing off for today. Take care, you all. You have just listened to Tal Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.